Welcome to The Conversion Show, a podcast that's all about, you guessed it, conversions. Everything that gets you to your goal, whether that's purchase, lead capture, app install, content downloads, chat engagement, or demo requests, we're talking conversions. Hosted by Eric Christensen, CEO and co-founder of leading conversion optimization platform, Just Do Know. On The Conversion Show, Eric sits down with industry-leading marketers, e-commerce growth experts, founders, and entrepreneurs to chat all things conversion marketing. Be sure to follow The Conversion Show podcast to be notified when a new episode goes live. Like what you hear? Leave us some love with a review. And now, here's your host, Eric Christensen. Welcome back to The Conversion Show. Today, I have a special guest that I think anyone going into this holiday season is going to be very excited about. With me today is Alex Corset, who has 10 plus years in CRO and is founder CEO of Carl Mission. So uh, if you're from computer, check out carlmission.com. You'll get the whole breakdown. Uh, But welcome to the show, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. That's really cool. So for today's show, it is November 6th and, you know, everyone's gearing up, has been gearing up, you know, they've hit play, everyone's getting there, all their, you know, everyone already started their cyber sales um, because, you know, it's not just one day anymore. Uh, We're all getting the emails, but, you know, there's still more to be done. Every website can always be optimized. Campaigns can always be updated. So today, what we're going to do for our listeners is really hear, you know, with Alex's experience, what's trending, what is top of mind with CRO today, and see if we can't get some insights that maybe you can still apply to your sites for this holiday season. So with that, I'm putting you on the on the spot right off the bat, Alex, but before we do that, let's set the stage for your background. 10 years in CRO, uh, it's very rare for us to to come across talent and experience like yours. So could you just share with with the crowd um, what you're doing at Carl Mission and how you got there? Yeah, for sure. So um, basically I started um, I started in design and I went into SEO. Uh, you know, I stay in that cluster of like digital marketing kind of roles. Up to the time I was production director and then um, our company, our startup being bought by uh, Densu Aegis Media at the time by Prospect. And then the option was open to do whatever. So I just decided to start into CRO. It was back in Paris in Prospect, And uh, very interesting because at the time, there's not much products and people don't understand it as well. So it needs to be, you know, easy to understand for everyone. So I had to create the packages and everything. So I really started from scratch, my, my whole experience didn't really have any like much guidance or anything so it was really like it was a bit the western at the time i felt like you know the field was empty the street was empty no building nothing uh you know we just had like optimizely as a tool a bit of maybe tasty started to show up at that time uh, but it was like you know clicktail crazy egg or jar that was the, the tools was already there you know uh since that time and uh and i worked in agencies for like my whole life my whole career so it came to a point that I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna open my own business. Um, we're gonna do mainly CRO because that's the product that I care the most uh, with SEO, but because both of them clash, and that happens quite a lot in agencies. So it's quite it's quite interesting. We can talk about it a bit later. Um, but it, it clashed between the two units quite often. 
and uh and then yeah my my agency and the value that we wanted is to really be genuine and work with people that have genuine products, genuine services, genuine businesses. And we wanted to not be rich, but just, you know, like change a bit the face of the world when it comes to Sierra. I always explain to the newbies that you have powers. Um, you can decide to use them for the good or the bad and decide for what you want to use your your skills, your craft, you know, at the end of your career, what will stand out, you know. Is it helping some nonprofit organization or anything? Yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, so that's where um, that's where we went, and uh, since then we've been really uh, meeting the the right genuine people that we can work on on the long run. That's what is good as well to work with genuine people, as we have way longer contracts, way longer commitments. Um, our agency has no contracts, so people can actually stop when they want. It's a plug and play, no, no, no knife under the throat with a two month, two, three months notice or anything. We just keep it cash and we just make it as genuine as possible. The, uh, you mentioned, you know, who you work with is, is critical and, you know, what is the, the DNA of these successful clients you work with that understand the value that CRO is bringing to them? Um, I think it's, it's. To start with, the clients are quite aware of what CRO is. So people that have like that education, they are they've been, you know. The the other thing is I feel like there's there's two things happening on the market. There's some people that just learn about this CRO and learn how like how to use it. Some people think it's just like, you know, tips and tricks around there. Some understand that there's a science behind. So people that understand the science behind those guys are going to win because they're going to cover all their basics, um, which is quite important. You know, they're going to have a real tracking plan. They're going to really track their data. They, they, they have real numbers like they can, they can improve. That's the first step. And, and when it comes to the second step is I feel like they actually care. They care about making their, their, their customer experience better. And, you know, what was customer service 20 years ago? Now it's user experience. That's that's a bit how I would do an analogy about it. It's like if you don't invest in your user experience, you know, you're gonna have more to pay on your customer service. Like we have airlines company that ask us to do CRO for them to decrease the number of calls on their call center. And that makes sense because we actually, you know, we just look at like the top 20, top 50 queries that we're getting from the call centers and we put them on the FAQs, right? Like very simple type of process, but it saves a lot of time to everyone, especially to the users that can find these answers really quickly. Well, you know, our belief is that the foundation of great conversion is incredible customer experience. So, you know, it's it's often working with brands that that are customer centric. In the end, or you're, it, the results are going to fall out from trying to figure out how to create incredible experience, like you mentioned. And it's those little low hanging fruits. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For, sure. For, for us as well, like one of the things that I focus the most on, and you know, some people will find it quite annoying when I say that, but I really focus above the fault strategy. I really focus above the fault strategy, like what people can see. I can I can see so far attention span on desktop is like three to five seconds. On mobile, it can even be less. Um, if you don't have a strategy above the fold, then people don't understand what you're doing, what you're about. You know, your trust elements or how you're going to tell your stories and you didn't have like a, a proper thinking about how you're going to roll it out, then you're going to miss out. 
So if you're unlucky and you've been spending some ads at the same time, it's it's really too bad. So between science and care, you know, the care is the the clear, obvious one of you have to be customer centric and have had just constantly thinking about how to make the customer experience better. So to make that happen, you have to have a science behind it. Can you share more of like of you know your your model with the science side of it? Yeah, for sure. So when it comes to the science, I'm very old school. So like everyone in the team knows, you know, like I've been training everyone for quite a while. Uh, Mac been in the business with me for eight years, um, and she's she's my number two there. And um, and basically, what is interesting is I ask them to always cover the basics. So always to go through Google Analytics, you know, to check the data. Um, for me, it's very important that I know the numbers better than my clients know their numbers. Because then we can have real conversations. Because now we're on the same standing point where I understand your product, I understand your problems. So what um, numbers do you start with? What are your, your foundational numbers? Uh, it's quite interesting there. It will really depend on what type of website. So if it's like uh, e-commerce, it would be, I don't know, uh, bounce rates. I would look at um, what now bounce rate disappeared because now we're on GA4, so it would be engagement, I guess. Um, we I would look at you know the the price, uh, like the average basket. I would look at the number of con like conversions for sure, so conversion rates. I would look at the overall traffic. Uh, but what I'm curious about is like you know the first thing that I always look at is the low hanging fruit, as you said. So for me, the bounce rate and people that don't engage, I always try to understand why they don't engage. And if I can solve that issue, if you have 80% conversion rate on your product page, you reduce it to 40. For sure, you get a massive impact on your sales and you didn't do much. You just make sure that people engage with the page more. Um, so that's that's the first numbers that I would look at. I like to look as well at the demographics um, and coming back to like, the you know, where is the gap between desktop and mobile? Do I have like a massive gap between people that order on mobile and desktop? That means that maybe the experience on mobile needs to be improved because it's it's like minus 50% compared to desktop. There's, there's a lot of things like that that can come up. So I like to open Google Analytics and tell the story and go through it. But one of the, the other things that I do at the back of my head as well is to make sure that when the client persona is, is unclear or they have none, then I actually come up with a clear picture of like, this is where your persona are right now. This is the edge they have. This is who they are. This is what type of jobs they do. Like persona is one of the basics that companies now let go sometimes. I feel um, that I'm quite I'm curious. I'm sorry, which, who do they let go first? Oh, the, the persona, the persona, creating the persona, creating the right audience for your business. Persona. Yeah. Your conversion sure. journey that you speak of. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like that's the people we talk to. So if we don't know them, how can we talk to them the right way? 1000%. And that is, you know, that's the type of thing that when it comes to audiences and, you know, Shopify is launching their visitor API. They're doing a lot with segments. Like everyone's trying to understand who the actual website visitor is and then speak to them with a relevant content. You know, that's what personalization is. And digital marketers have nailed that with offsite, with marketing, with email, paid, but we're just now getting into the on-site experience with with users. 
it's it's interesting because you know we have we work with very big companies and some of them has no persona or they have half of it or they did it like five years ago and they never updated it like i'm not saying you need to spend every day of the week on your persona i'm just saying they just need to be solid enough that you know who you talk to like what are they looking for what will make them stay on the website or click somewhere the you know when you're talking about whether it's lead capture, AOV, sales conversion, I think one of the biggest personas overlooked is new visitor versus repeat visitor. And that repeat visitor is either a repeat non-customer or customer. Those three buckets, if you focus on those, they'll tell you can really start digging in and making a big impact. I wonder if we can still do that now with GA4. Um, I wonder because now the new visitors, we don't keep the, the IP for too long. So they consider new visitors, even if they're not after a while. So that's something that might change now with GA4. I'm curious to see how it's going to go. We're still, we're still de like deliberating with the team. How are we going to go through those reports with GA4 now that we have well less data than before? I'll be an interesting one to track how they change that. Cause you know, with CRMs and everything. How we're building our own own profiles and and, and filling them. That what, can you speak further on that? Um, when it comes to CRM, we we've been working a lot with like you know the major tools on the market, and it's been um, it's been very interesting because each each business is different. So depending on what they catch and where the catch is, we've been able to do some really really like you know. I would say good magic on that is like was linking the marketing with the CRM team and making sure that we actually understand who they are. Um, we understand one of the main thing that we figured is when we make sure that the storytelling is at the right time, at the right pace with the right information to not overload people, because when your product is complicated, like CRO, or when your product is complicated, like a car, it's really easy to get people lost into like so many choices and so many messages, but it doesn't bring them like anywhere. So it's to like break down this information and slice it to the, like to basically give out the right time on the right triggers. Speaking of the right time, right customer, it's definitely we're hearing that a lot in conversations. You mentioned desktop and mobile. I'm, I'd love to hear more about how you're approaching that because, you know, we're seeing, you know, some, you know, some clients with 70% of their traffic's mobile. Um, obviously, a conversion rates are, are differ between desktop and mobile. But even myself, I found, I found myself making, you know, I made some big purchases this past weekend, just while still in bed, um, you know, a matter of few clicks, and I finally got some things done that I wanted to, without ever getting out of bed, 100% mobile. What, what are you seeing with clients and is there anything that that the audience should be looking at when it comes to their mobile specifically um i would go to ojar and i would okay. go, i would go on ojar i would go on analytics and i would look at the gap between mobile and desktop and i would try to understand like one where is the the average fold and, you know, and where people stop scrolling, because on Ojar, would have that, for example, Ojar or any, mm -hmm. any other tool. We use Glassbox a lot as well. Um, 
and uh and basically yeah i would look at you know what's the customer journey look like you know where do they stop and where do they like attention stop as well to understand where they drop off and um and from there it's interesting to see as well like you know um we have some clients where the messaging again i will come back to that strategy is like we should have strategies that are based on attention span because attention span is the big is the big end break that that we have you know it's like it doesn't matter how beautiful your website is if no one goes past the fold you're just doing your website for maybe like 20 percent of the of the users that will land on it so it's it's awesome but it's maybe not what we want to do so i don't want to overcrowd as well that space but having a strategy above the fold is is the most important thing that i would recommend tension span i like i like that view on it because everyone is all over the place and that's where even conversion comes in so much critical i was having a conversation recently with the shopify team uh, no no it was um um with alan burt from blue stout about product recommendation and product upsell and whether or not offering an upsell might distract your visitor to the point where they don't check out so where is the diminishing returns of trying to increase aov with a product recommendation or upsell because if you say hey would you also like this you then are sending them down a further conversion journey versus getting them to check out have you experienced that have you looked at that yeah for sure we experience it all the time for those and it's quite interesting because i think if you buy wallpaper you want to buy the glue that goes with it or like you maybe want to buy the table or you want to buy like you know the brush that you're going to need to put the glue on the back of the wallpaper but if you buy a tv you might not need to buy a chair and that's where it needs to be a bit smart and so far, to be honest, you know, there's a lot of things that comes from but good feelings, but the best way is always to maybe test it and uh, and to see like, surely if you if you have different like categories of products and they combine each other, that's awesome. Then yes, you should definitely try to do that because it's an upsell and it's really easy to like trigger it. But if they have nothing in common, like, you know, they, they have really nothing in common, then maybe you should think about it twice or understand like, look at in the CRM, who are the people that have been doing those purchases together to understand if they have any any things in common to actually tell a story. So if that happened again, then you will push the right product at the right time to that to that customer. So stepping back to the, the mobile, talking about scrolling times and different opportunities to really increase conversion rate. Are Can you share any kind of projects you've worked on recently where you looked at mobile and found some low-hanging fruit yeah yeah for sure it happens all the time the the like let me find like a cool example that we had i'm um, putting it on the spot too by the way no that's that's awesome i don't mind it um we work for an insurance uh an insurance website and that insurance website was definitely like having good traction on desktop but not as well on mobile and what we figured is like they broke down the information so like randomly on the on the page that people was not scrolling that that far down to actually get those info and that was that was the first thing another thing that we figured as well on mobile is um the page speed is very important like how fast they will load 
and what you're going to put. And another thing that we like doing that been really successful is to add video explainers. Video explainers with illustrated or not illustrated, they need to look genuine. So we need to feel that emotional connection like, oh, this is cool. Oh, this is branded. Oh, that's their tone of voice. Like, and it's to look like you, right? Genuinely. But a video will break down a lot of inf information for the users really quickly and pass it away within 30 seconds. And we do a lot of those, and that increases a lot the conversions on mobile, definitely. So I'm a huge proponent of video. And, you know, when you look at the user, someone on their mobile phone's probably more apt to, to watch video because we're so trained to watch videos on our phone. Are these YouTube videos? Are these animated GIF videos? Is it video support? Personally, I like I like the format that we picked for our clients. We try to do, um, so it's very costly, right? To do a video, like to do good content for sure. There's a bit of budget. Um, so both works, like, you know, the, the interview format could work, but it can be kind of boring. I like to take people on a journey, again, to like have all those emotional connection. So we, we took the way of like hiring illustrators that can like from end to end create the storytelling the script um then after you know we we use whatever platform to buy the voiceover uh, because like maybe the voiceover needs to be from california or it needs to be from new york and we will make sure that we have those like accurate tone of voice on the video but one thing that you need to need to keep in mind with me is like nothing is ever random there's always like a reason why we do things and there's a strategy and that's that's the reason why so like if we do for Personada in California, like the video will be for them with the right tone and everything. It will try to be cut out to them. Yeah, it sounds like more kind of like the, the traditional explainer video, kind of walking people through um, what they're going to experience, which brings up as we talk about the science and the care aspect, you know, it's all about trust. A big part of online purchasing is can I trust this, this vendor? Do they understand my need for fast shipping or, you know, do they, do they customer service, if I have to return it, are they going to be there for me? Answering these questions are critical to, to conversion rates. The about us page is something that's been brought to the forefront more telling the story of the brand and people are recognizing that, Hey, you know, this is a powerful page that gets stuffed into the footer. Are, I'm, I'm throwing that out to you. Have you seen any, you know, DTC brands do great jobs selling their, the story? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, and actually, you know, even on our own websites, um, the, the about us page is the most visited page um, after, after the homepage. And it, it makes sense because people need to know and see who they're going to work with and who they're going to interact with and who is the team. So, you know, like if you talk to an e-commerce and it's a small e-commerce, I think it's great that you can actually, you know, visualize like the team that I work for. It's Let's say it's a family business and make everything more genuine and more local and, you know, more artisanal even, I would say. So like build that trust way faster. If you be, if you work for a big corporate, then maybe like, you know, maybe your business has been on the road for 50 years and like that storytelling always changed everything. Um, we work with a really good, uh, website development agency uh, called Gladai, and they're actually really good at storytelling. So 
when we work together on clients, it's always like a big bang because they bring an amazing customer experience when it comes to the storytelling. We bring the conversions and it's really like, it works, it works very well together. So as we kind of go through the trust conversation about brands and the care aspect, what are, what are some ways when you work with clients, you help kind of build trust for that visitor coming in? That's, that's a tricky question. <laughs> that's a very tricky question because I'm the worst at this. Um, I would look at everything. So I would ask them how many people they have in the database, like how many, you know, clients they be serving the year. Uh, do you feel comfortable telling to your customers, like how many packages you send this year? How many products? How many clients are satisfied? You know, how long have you been doing this for? And, you know, it's, it's all about building that trust, right? So we need to prove that we're consistent. We need to prove that we're relevant. We need to prove that we will be there for customer service. And I always ask the, all those questions in the brief process to check if like, you know, what are the USPs of your business and can we find better than what you have already? Um, because if your business has been, been out for like, you know, it's been 100 years that it's been, it's been running, it's a family business. It's really strong in terms of like the DNA of your brand. So I like to play with it. So having been in this space for 10 plus years, and you know, the last couple of years, we've seen the shift with with cost rising across the board. People have been shifting in to focus with CRO. What's what's been surprising for you? Like, wh- have you seen a change in your customers? And if so, what areas are they actually, you know, focusing in and asking questions that normally they wouldn't? But the main the main thing that been disrupting the market a bit for this year was Google Optimize. I feel uh, for a lot of clients because you know it's not everyone that got 40 k plus to invest on Optimize or A/B testing like for a license for the year. So a lot of businesses actually were using Google Optimize up to now, and now they have to have a proper budget. So the first questions that been asked this year, like the top one question is what what A/B testing software should I use? And that's been quite interesting to answer because it will come down to your budget and it will come down to the features that you need. But, you know, we certified in all of them, like most, most of the brands on the market and we work with all the different tools. So it's quite interesting to see as well how this market is moving uh, towards the tools. What are those kind of top AB features people are ex- asking about? Um there's the one that I recommend and there's the one that the users like the, the client the clients in general don't really know the difference between all the different products mm-hmm. so they ask me to like break them down for them so I do that quite often uh, but mainly what they ask is to be sure that you know if they stop one variation um, they, they don't need to stop the whole test duplicate the test and start again which happens with some of the tools like some of the tools if you want to stop one of the variation you actually need to stop your tests duplicate your test, delete that variation, start again, um, which can be a bit laborious because you lose the data as well from previously. Yeah, new- just say, hey, whatever the winner is, run with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we saw we saw that happening quite a lot. Another feature is like, can, you, can I have something where I don't have any development? Um, you know, like a software that would cut the development cost. It's always a tricky one because there's always stuff you can do by yourself, but you can't do so far, right? That's yeah. a stage like, and it's to be checked as well by a developer. So 
I always explain to the client that having a developer is adding a, a quality layer. And you know, you don't want your website like we 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 when we started the business, we worked for like the biggest supermarkets in some countries. We didn't want to make any mistakes because if anything goes wrong over the weekend, I hope that I can enjoy my weekend without stopping the A-B test. So we added that that layer of quality to be sure that we have a quality check all the time and we can sleep, you know, no problem. I don't need to look at my phone every five minutes and be scared. <laughs> well, it's really incredible the tools available these days, given, you know, 10 years ago, we had to be, you know, when we were a retailer, we were having to write our own stuff and, and things are so reliable now. I mean, with us focusing on technology so that service providers can actually use them for the client. Um, it's pretty sure. amazing. I mean, but with that, there's so many tools now available that, you know, a lot of digital markers I, I speak with, the MarTech stack is so big now, it's starting to get overwhelming. So you start seeing consolidation in the marketplace. But what, as we look at the customer experience, there's still, there's so much opportunity to focus on on that customer experience and to be able to scale it out, especially with A-B tests too. You can't A-B test everything. You know, I, I, do you also see that, you know, with A-B testing, it's one of those things where it's hard enough for people just to get a live first let alone go and test b <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> to, to those people in general like what we've been doing way more this year a b testing on emails than we ever did um people understand now that the retention is a real game we always say that retention is way cheaper than acquisition yep. but it's only from this year that i can see the shift between like okay so alex now now we understand it now we know that we need to a b test our, our emails uh, nurturing journey are we delivering the right message in the right order uh, do we need to change our touching points are we doing the right surveys um, and they've been listening way more to like the verba team as well so um, i think for people that struggle to do a lot of a b testing because there's a lot of things going on on their website which happens a lot you know we have a lot of clients that sometimes have to pause for a few months because oh, right now i'm so busy i can actually We've been doing only small tests, like we changed the color of the CTA, we changed like we moved the blocks and stuff like that. But that's not really what we why we're here. We're here to like solve the issue, not to try to put a bandage on it. That's not what I want to do. Um, so for those clients, we actually develop strategies where we work on emails because emails doesn't require big development when it comes to A-B testing. 50% of the database get the version A, 50% get the version B, and then after we just track how it goes. Do you focus those emails going out? Do you work on mirroring that message on site when they they land, whether it be in a, ban a dynamic banner based off the campaign coming in? In in what way, sorry? So if if you send out two emails, A and B, the A crowd coming in can re see a reinforcement of that email campaign on the site, and say like a banner up top. Oh, so like I would test completely different messages, different titles, maybe different CTAs mm -hmm. uh, and see who's going to react the most, where the clicks are, how many clicks I'm getting with version A, how many clicks I'm getting with version B. Are they going to the right area? Like did, we always use like we're very old school. So we use even guess plot, like guess plot, which was the old school way of like, this is point one, two, three. This is where they're going to watch in the right order. So then we know exactly where the user is going to drop his eyes along the journey. And there's nothing random again about it. So we do that on emails as well. 
uh, one of the tools that we started using a lot was iQuent at the time, because iQuent can tell you what people can see for the first three seconds on the page. And uh, and we've been using that a lot. Even Nike use it, really big brands use it. Um, it's quite expensive, but it tells you straight away what people will remind from their from their own like what people will go through and what they're gonna read for the first three seconds landing on the page. Yeah, I really predict in the next year or two the understanding the the customer journey, but also as we try to do attribution and understand what's happening once they get to the site and what got them there and then what who's engaging with what and making making sure they, they're getting that right message like you talk about. I think it's the next it's the the, the new frontier. In my opinion. Yeah, we can we can see that a lot now. It's like people really care about the storytelling. Um, storytelling was like about two three years ago that people started focusing on it way more, but I feel like now they start to understand that most companies nailed what the user needs, but they don't understand yet in what order they need it. Exactly, um, and that's where the segmentation personalization comes in is is building building that model so you can scale out with it yeah well that's what we're working on so <laughs> we'll touch base on that on that on our, our 2024 podcast together how's that okay okay <laughs> so as we as we finish up today and we're, we're moving into you know the final days of of this holiday season um any um any final resources available? I noticed you have a uh, actually downloaded your CRO uh, breakdown. Had some really good stuff on it. Uh, where where can any visitors go uh, or our audience to learn more about Carl Mission? Um, yeah, I would say uh, we we have a podcast coming coming up as well, uh, and uh, and we have like on the website we always try to add some stuff like uh, like PDF. The PDF will be updated pretty soon. Uh, we have some case studies coming as well. The website was quite new. We had to rebrand um, like at the beginning of the year because we're part of a bigger group as well. And um, and yeah, so when it comes to Carl, it's, um, we do as well. I do podcast as well with uh, with another channel. Um, so if you just type my name on, uh, on, on Google, you will basically end up on all the different podcasts that we run. And the more like, you know, in a, in a few weeks, we will have like at least one or two a month coming up every every month great all right so they can find that on carl mission and i i see daisies on there that uh uh travis has wolfie so yeah you can connect in in, in socal you can talk to hr <laughs> for sure i don't know if you look at our tiktok but we've been doing um tiktok campaigns uh like organic campaigns since june um, because we wanted to try to not go to the ads kind of perspective and mm -hmm. TikTok is working very well for us as well. So it's been, it's been very interesting. Is, is that your, your, your hack tip to end with is, is Daisy, your, your, your dog part, like star in that TikTok? Uh, Daisy, I, I feel like Daisy got some fun definitely, but it's quite funny. It's, uh, no, it's more of, um, uh, a difference of generation between between me and younger younger uh, professionals like Julie. Uh, Julie is actually uh, on the on the TikTok videos as well. 
and we're having some skits which are quite very organic so i recommend you have a look there's there's a few that are coming about sierra as well so yeah thirty thousand views on some of these there you uh, go it goes to like four four or five millions per like for some videos carl mission at carl mission all right sweet we'll check <laughs> them out <laughs> all right carl <laughs> carl uh, alex <laughs> Thanks so much. Really, really enjoyed your time today. I hope hope the audience um, picked up some tips there. And we'll see you at the end of this holiday season. We'll see you in 2024. How's that sound? Yeah, it sounds good. Thank you so All right, much. All right. Thanks, Carl. Carl. <laughs> out of my head. Wait, where does Carl come from then? <laughs> Who is Carl? <laughs> you should read the about us page then. <laughs> yeah, let's go to it. <laughs> while while we close out i'm gonna go i'm i'm on carlmission.com and i'm gonna find out the answer to this but you don't have it about it's meet us is that it meet yeah, the it's, it's meet us for now carl fomo carl yes we're actually where is it where is the breakdown welcome to Carlverse. thank you for being here whether you found us on tiktok and at days ahead of carl i think it's on the homepage a bit lower down let's see I think I maybe uh, mission control. After this podcast, Christine will have so much pressure to yeah. create more images. Okay, here we go. CRO in action. I'm trying to find out what Carl means. It must be an acronym. Yeah, it is an acronym. How do you feel about the brand? Did we rebrand well? It's it's very sharp. You guys are you're futuristic. It's it's uh, one of the it's one of the first thing that I recommend as well to clients. Like I look at their branding. Is your branding helping you to make more sales or like to build trust? You know. I'm searching hardcore here. All right. I feel, I feel Share bad. it. What is Carl? What, what does it stand for? It means, it means uh, key analytics uh, for revenue lift. Revenue lift. There it is. It's all about sales and revenue. And the it's day revenue at the end of the day, that's for sure. Even if we have the best product on the market. All right, Alex. <laughs> Thank you. So um, much. all right. Hope you get a good swell down there. Get in the water. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. All right. Thanks. Take care. Cheers. <laughs>